Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and that was Van Halen's Panama, an idea given to me by my brother from another mother, Chris Howard, who lives in Australia and is a student of mine. Thank you so much. Shout out to Chris. Brothers, I am in Panama City, right by the Gulf of Panama and the Panama Canal. Now, I had an amazing time in Ecuador, and I will be heading back that way. I'm going back into South America, heading to Peru in January. But I decided I wanted to get back to sea level for a while, and I want to do some scuba diving. I've spent a lot of time in the Jungle Brothers, as you know, and I want to get back in the water. The Gulf is on the Pacific side of Panama, so I'm going to be moving around this country. I'm going to be heading up to Cologne. I'm going to be heading up to Bocas del Toro to get subsurface into the Caribbean. I love the Caribbean Sea. Now, brothers, I've been to Panama before. It is not my first time here, and I generally like the country. It's not my favorite country on the planet, but to be honest, it's difficult for me not to like where I am because wherever I am is where I should be, and the truth is found in the here of the space and the now of the time. Remember, brothers, the source of all suffering is the disconnection from the now. It is the differentiation caused by the mind between what is and what the mind believes should be. So wherever I am, I find happiness and joy and truth and love because this is the alpha state. This is the state of being that we are meant to evolve into through the emerging mind so that we can set the mind free and be one with the now, be one with the moment, be one with what is, which is where we find the truth and where we find the self. There's so much emphasis put on having a powerful mind, brothers. Don't you think? Don't you know that? There's so much emphasis on mindfulness these days. There's so much emphasis on being intelligent and using your mind and having knowledge and and building up an information bank and, and knowing more and studying and researching and so on. The mind is a tool, my friends. It is what we use to make meaning of the world. It's what we use to inspire others. It's what we use to create our future and process our thoughts and process the information we intake from the world. But the mind is not who we are. It has no decision-making authority. And this is self-evident. Since the mind is not who you are, then it clearly has no authority to make decisions for you. Now, here's the rub. The mind thinks it is who you are. And you think the mind is who you are. And the mind wants you to believe it is who you are. So it makes up a bunch of stories that accumulate into identity and memory and conditioning. However, it is not you. This is the purpose of learning the skill of cognitive mastery. If you want to discover the truth of who you are, which is the meaning of enlightenment, to let out the light, to enlighten yourself from within and live into your alpha state, you must become the master of your mind, which is currently the master of you, the master of us all. The mind is king. This is the source of all the dysfunction and suffering in the world today. The mind is the illegitimate king of humanity. And this leads into the concepts that I will teach you over the next three podcast episodes, which is how to observe the mind in relationship once you have detached from all the thoughts that are not you. First, however, I want to clarify two things. Number one, 
that the mind is not bad, it's not evil, it's not the source of the suffering. And number two, I want to explain what I mean by observing the mind in relationship. So first of all, brothers, I realize that given the way I talk about the beta condition and the alpha state, the way I teach you how to become aware of and detach from the mind, and the general nature of duality that we experience as humans, that there may be some negative connotation around the beta condition, conditioning in general, and maybe even the mind itself. But the fact is nothing could be further from the truth. The mind is our gift from the source. It allows us to navigate, to inspire, to learn, and to perceive. It provides us with a link to our true self in an unconscious way, and it allows us to experience the blessing of the human experience in a conscious way. I love the universal mind, and I've spent years making friends with my individual mind. And since we live in an experience of duality, there must be contrast. We can't understand good without comparing it to bad. We don't know what is right without recognizing what is wrong. And it's all subjective to the individual mind. And it's all binary in its perfection. It's the comparison itself that is the illusion, brothers. That is the suffering. Not the mind, but the comparisons that we make using the mind. Because there is only one. The truth is oneness. But it's through the mind that we perceive the oneness. Without the mind as an emerging, growing, and evolving tool, we would all still be like the animals of the world, living purely on instinct through fear of death and the drive to survive. Number two, when I say observe the mind in relationship as a path to being in the moment and discovering the nature of your true self, I mean that we are always in relationship. As living organisms, we can't be alive and not be in relation to something, a person, a thing, or an idea. Humans do not live in isolation. We can't live in isolation. It's simply impossible. And by isolation, I'm saying that even if you were to renounce the world and go be in a cave somewhere in the mountains, you would still be in relation. You'd be in relation to that cave. You'd be in relation to the food you eat. You'd be in relation to the fires that you make. You'd be in relation to the thoughts that you have. I don't use the word impossible often. However, I believe in this case, it is a fitting word. It is impossible to be in isolation. Since we exist as humans in a binary world, there will always be a relationship to something. We are here and it is there. We are the observer and there is the observed. Now, the observed can be a person, a thing, or an idea. It can be thoughts. And what I'm going to teach you over the next three podcast episodes is how to observe your mind in relationship. Relationships with people, relationships with a woman sitting in the park or walking down the street, or relationship with your family members during holiday get-togethers, relationships with things like money, technology, and time, and relationships with ideas like politics, religions, and the memories that we create our identity with. Okay, let's dive into the first part of this three-part series. Observing the mind can be accomplished once you've detached from conditioning in three ways. The first way and the topic of this podcast episode is through primordial perception. The second way, which we will get into next week, is through visual perception. And to conclude the three-part series, I will introduce spiritual or vibrational perception. In all these ways to observe the mind, the point is to let the mind go free and align yourself with the now. Be at one with the moment, the present, the only time that really exists. The mind wants to be free, but it doesn't know how to be free. It is a prison and a prisoner at the same time. And its prison is time, the past and the future. Once the mind is free, then you are free of it and therefore you are free to be to simply exist as your true self. Here's the thing, brothers. Once you have done the work to detach yourself from all the beliefs that aren't you, and I'm going to tell you that all your beliefs are not you, 
then there is the potential for continued conditioning at all times and in all places. And this is normal. This is the human experience. This is good. It's required. It doesn't matter how you apply the skill of cognitive mastery. All that matters is that you have the skill of cognitive mastery. It doesn't matter how you decide to ride a bike. Maybe you use your bike for commuting to work. Maybe you use your bike to ride down the boardwalk on the beach. Maybe you use it to BMX. Maybe you want to take your bike down a mountainside. It's all up to you. It doesn't matter. The point is that you know how to ride a bike. And while that analogy stands and fits, cognitive mastery is way more important to the human experience than riding a bike. I would offer that cognitive mastery rivals reading and writing as a functional and necessary skill set. Observation is an advanced part of cognitive mastery and the final step before moving into energy mechanics, which is the introduction to the true self, the alpha state, the quantum energy body. So you've reached this phase through coaching and self-study. You've done the work on yourself and you've worked with a guide to go deeper into revealing to yourself what are all the stories you are hanging on to that are creating a false image, a false self, a false identity. You've become aware of these stories. You become aware of the totality of the conditioning. And by embracing the discomfort of detachment, you've reached the point of release, the point where the mind surrenders its control and authority over your life. And now, in that moment, you are free. You experience enlightenment in that moment of release, and then the mind creeps back in and you engage with another thought. This is the time to begin observation in order to maintain the light shining from within you, the alpha state that lives as an individual and personal state of being inside each of us. You must be vigilant and observe the movement of the mind as it passes thoughts through you. This is done in relationship because we are always in relation, as I said before. But the mind seeks differentiation because it is born in a differentiated state. Look, brothers, without getting too esoteric with you, I'm going to mention that we are luminous beings. The human form, the body, is a vehicle for use during the human experience. All the matter, all the density, all the things and stuff that we observe in this experience is a function of the mind and the differentiation of being in separation. Now, all the matter is also a form of pure energy, of pure light, just like we are. We only experience it in this form due to the human journey and the power of perception, the power of the mind. Brothers, we are not this cellular meat bag. I have mentioned this on previous podcasts before, right? When it comes to comparison, you've probably heard me say this, when we compare ourselves to others, when we put women on a pedestal, or when we use rating systems like sexual market value, that SMV nonsense, all we are doing is looking at what the mind sees, the conditioning. We are not seeing what actually is. We are beings of pure light, of pure energy. We are one. We are always this energy in relationship to the one, the information field of love. Now, the all is the all. That's the source. The all is all energy, all mind, and all matter. This is the trinity of the all, yet the all is one. The all includes mind. However, what we experience as mind is in differentiation, just like we are. We are luminous beings, crude cellular matter, and the mind that perceives the external consciously and the internal unconsciously. So to be free and live through the alpha state of inner light, we must let the mind go free, just like a grown child heading off to college or to the military or to the workforce or, or whatever. It's time to let go, my brother. Let the mind go. Let go of all the conditioning. And only then you will begin to learn to observe the mind from a distance as the passenger consciousness that it's meant to be at this stage. And this has to be done through relationship because that is the human experience. Differentiation is the human journey. 
The first way to observe the mind in relationship is in relationships with one person, a few people, or in nature. And you can use any of these ways I describe over the next three podcasts to practice observing. I'm only giving you a suggestion on when to use each one as a form of practice. This practice, primordial perception, in my opinion, is best practiced one-on-one in small groups or when you're alone in the sounds of nature. Primordial perception is using the perception that existed before the mind mutated into the human form, before the evolution of the human into a thinking animal. This is the perception we share with all other life, including plants. Now, stop right there. Stop right there, coach. Of course, what I am about to explain doesn't fully extend to plants. I'm well aware that plants don't have ears. Plants don't have mouths and don't have noses. I realize that plants communicate through chemical function that is beyond our current level of understanding. However, that doesn't mean they don't have a primordial perception based around survival. I would argue that the fact that humans don't fully understand the nature of how plants communicate is not a function of a plant being unintelligent, but rather it is a function of our own ignorance in how plants communicate. It is evident that they are designed for survival and understand at some level fear, maybe not the same fear we understand chemically in our brains, but fear nonetheless, which is why they have intricate defense mechanisms. These defense mechanisms are due to prevent death and maintain life, which is best described through the human perception of fear. The Buddha said, all beings tremble before danger and death. Life is dear to all. When a man considers this, he does not kill or cause to kill. This includes plants, my brothers. They are at the foundation of the food chain. We need them. All right, now that being said, we share this primordial perception with all of the life forms outside of microbes, viruses, single-celled organisms, and so on. But reptiles, birds, fish, insects, and plants all have this form of perception. Again, you'll have to give me some leeway with plants due to what I'm about to teach you. Primordial perception is instinct, intuition, and taste, or noses, ears, and tongues. For me, when I use this observation practice, I tend to hone in on sound and smell, or intuition and instinct. Before our eyes were open and we had the knowledge of good and evil, humans lived like all the other animals. We lived on our instinct and intuition or what we could smell and what we could hear. It is a survival-based perception and highly effective, way more effective than seeing with the eyes. Brothers, let me tell you, I've spent enough time in the jungle to confirm that by the time you see a predator, it is too late. You stay alive in the wild using your ears and your nose. And this is just as true as having one-on-one conversations and in small groups. When you can let the mind go free, observe the thoughts passing through you and focus on what you can hear and what you can smell, you will be living in the now, the moment, and allowing the alpha state to elevate and emanate through you. The reason this is the most effective way to observe your mind while you're in relationship with one person or in small groups or in nature is due to the moderate amounts of sounds and smells that exist in these environments. This is the primordial environment when listening and smelling meant the difference between life and death, not simply in terms of listening for animal predators or smelling for the change in the weather, just to name a couple of examples, but also in terms of tribal relationships. Brothers, I'm going to get on my high horse for a minute. I'm going to tell you that I've heard over and over again dating coaches talk about women giving shit tests to men. It's always been interesting to me how on one hand, dating coaches will offer the advice, you are the prize and don't let her qualify you, but you need to qualify her or hold your frame, stay grounded, be confident and so on. And then on the other hand, they're going to tell you that women have this superpower over you that allows them to internally know things 
then have this capacity to test you unless you are talking about intuition and instincts, which I'll discuss in a moment. Look, brother, if they're testing you, then they have the power. If you're the prize, then you have the power. To me, the whole methodology is contradictory, to say the least. The concept of the shit test is a thought. It's a thought. It's a belief. It's a story you tell yourself. If you engage with a woman and you're prepared for a shit test, then you're engaging with expectation and you're entering the relationship with your mind. It's like going into a physics test, trying to memorize all the formulas. Oh, oh, mass times distance equals acceleration. Force times distance equals work. Work divided by time equals power. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go talk to this woman. It's the same. If she says this, I'll stand my ground. If she does that, I'll display my confidence. If she tests me, I'll hold firm. It sets you up for a mental game that only exists in your mind. The truth is there is no power. There is no upper hand. There is no superpower that all women possess and use to test your manhood or your confidence. Yes, there is male and female. This is a part of the duality, as is energy and form. However, one is not stronger or better or smarter or having unconscious secret powers over the other. It's purely erroneous. And when it comes to the body, I'm talking about genetics. In terms of tribal relationships or tribes or relationships between one and another, you know, the family, the union, the two merging into one, this is based on instinct. It's based on intuition. It's what, based on what we hear and what we smell. You may presume that women have held on to their intuition and instincts for longer than men have, and I may agree with you due to the current construct of our society. Men have been predators over women for centuries, and as prey, women have had to rely more on their survival instincts, intuition. It's like you being in the jungle. You are the prey, brother. You need to use your ears and your nose, whereas men, as the predators, have shifted into using sight as their primary perception, just like the animals in the jungle. They see you, but you can't see them. You need to listen for them. And I'm going to go deeper into that in the next podcast episode. It's not a superpower that women have over men. It's simply a perception that we, men, have let go of on our quest for external control and through the emerging mind. So we have a disconnection from our primordial perception, our primordial perceptions of intuition and instinct. And we can begin to retrain these ancient yet effective senses of perception while engaging with people one-on-one -on -one, in a dating scenario and meeting new people or in small groups. And it's also effective when being in nature. When you are in a moderate vibrational environment, moderate sound and moderate smell, you can use your little ears and little noses to let the thoughts in your mind pass through you while you merge with the environment you're in. This will bring wisdom to you about your environment. And that's really the reason for all this, brother. It's cognitive mastery. It's wisdom rather than ignorance, enlightenment rather than illusion, truth rather than suffering. Look, do you want to be able to bond with a woman, truly bond at a level that goes beyond mind and sight conditioning? Do you want to understand what she is really communicating with you? Or do you want to just interpret what she says based on your own conditioning, your own fear, your own scarcity? Do you want to walk up and talk with anyone and have a genuine, authentic connection? Or do you want to prepare for every conversation with the concept of shit tests running through your mind and index cards with contrived responses written on them? Look, I'm not judging you, brother. Whatever you answer is okay. Whatever you answer is perfect for you. It's your journey. And if you really want to connect with another human being, if you really want to understand another human being, you have to let go of your mind, observe it through its movement, and perceive yourself, your environment, and all the beings in the environment in a completely different way. Okay, so let's get into this because I'm certain by now, in about 20 minutes in the podcast, you're probably asking the how question, right? How do I do this, coach? How do I do this? 
look, brother, as with all this work, you aren't going to learn it by thinking about it. I used to be a competitive shooter. I didn't know if you knew that about me. I used to shoot competitively pistols. I shot a Glock 19 stock, no modifications. I shot IDPA and USPSA. And I shot for years and I achieved a pretty decent ranking. And I can tell you that no amount of visualization would make me a better shooter. Yes, I did visualize as part of my mental, my mind management, my mental game. But I had to go out there and I had to put rounds down range. That made me a better shooter. And then I hired a coach and that made me an even better shooter. Well, brother, learning this skill, learning cognitive mastery is no different. If you want to learn how to play an instrument or speak a foreign language, just thinking about it won't make it so. You're going to have to practice and you can accelerate your development with a teacher or a coach. So I offer that you enroll in the academy and you begin this process of working with a coach, working with a guide. And that being said, I still want to offer you something on this podcast because I always want to offer you something on these podcasts. These podcasts are for you. I want you to take something away here. Primordial perception is, for me, best done through sounds and smell. While I am in the jungle, I do a lot of this work. You can consider it like a moving meditation. I let my mind drift off onto whatever is passing through it, and while I listen intently for all the sounds, and the sounds between the sounds, and the silence between the sounds of the sounds, I will tell you that I have a very active mind. It never shuts down, so I just let it run. I let it move to whatever it is there and then move on to the next thing. The whole time this is happening, I just listen. I listen without judgment, without engaging with the thought of what I am listening to. So go out into nature, listen to the birds, the insects, the water, the wind. And as you listen, don't identify the sounds with birds, insects, water, and wind. When you are engaged with another human, listen to what is being said without criticism of their story without a judgment of right or wrong, without believing the story or denying the story, without evaluating the story as true or false, without even attaching your own likes or dislikes to what they're saying. Listen to the sounds only, the pitch, the frequency, the tonal qualities, what is being said without being said, what is the intention being conveyed, not through the sentences, but through the sounds, what is being communicated, not through the judgment of your mind, but through the vibrations of their voice. You're not listening for shit tests from women or key words or pain points, or you're not trying to gather information. You're simply listening to the sounds. It won't enter your mind as a word, brother. Only your ear will pick it up as a certain tone or frequency or vibration, and you will know without knowing. That is intuition, and this requires practice. Now, instinct is different. Instinct is the smells. This is using your nose. And this can be done everywhere. However, I find it most effective in one-on-one -on -one scenarios and in small groups because scents are everywhere. And the more people in the space, the more blended and homogenized it becomes. When you are in nature or with one person or in a very small group, try to use your nose. Start using your nose. Most of us don't even really breathe through our nose. And those of us that do usually aren't paying attention to all the smells in the environment. I want to offer that you try this when you're one-on-one -on -one with another human first before using it in small groups. Brothers, this is the essence of genetics, of hormones, pheromones. You can know so much using your instincts, using your nose, and none of it can be picked up by the mind because the mind is activated through the eyes, through sight. The mind attaches to what it sees. Just like with intuition, when you've trained your instincts to pick up the sense of your environment, you will know without knowing. With instincts, there is judgment, my friends. There is a judgment. It is a genetics-based as well as survival-based skill. 
Unlike sounds, which are more neutral in vibration, a smell can keep you alive or make you dead. For example, rotting food is not to be eaten. The smell of it will give it away as a bad choice to put in your mouth. Similarly, when you are engaged with a woman who is not aligned with you genetically, you will be able to smell her and be able to choose another woman. In addition to knowing which female is right for you based on genetics and hormones, the instinctual powers of your nose can also alert you to whether a woman is fertile, whether she's ovulating, or whether she has an illness or disease. These are more neutral smells. However, they can be very powerful if you are aware of them. Now, brother, look, I know this may sound wild, but most of the time, what you are attracted to in terms of sexuality has to do with sight and smell. Sight is based on conditioning, and smell is based on genetics, hormones, and creation. When you begin to let go of the conditioning around sight, observe your mind as it tells you stories in the moment by virtue of the passenger consciousness, and rely more on your instincts, you'll be shocked and surprised and amazed by what you experience in your relationships and life. This isn't just about women, it's about all relationships. And as I mentioned, it's also about engaging with nature, just like riding a bike or reading and writing. However you choose to use the skill of cognitive mastery is up to you. The purpose of it is to let your mind become a passenger consciousness so you can live the life you're meant to instead of living the life your mind is dictating based on outer authority and conditioning. Brothers, everything I am offering is based on science. I am not asking you to believe me. I'm not asking you to blindly believe what I'm saying. I'm offering that you listen and apply and through your own experimentation, discover for yourself the effectiveness of living in your alpha state, living as your true self. The truth is like a lion. It doesn't need to be defended. Set it free and it will defend itself. This is the first way to begin living through a deeper truth in the world. The mind does not provide you with truth, only illusion and conditioning, only stories and beliefs. When you have detached from your mind and begin to live in your alpha state, observing your mind in relationships allows you to connect with yourself and others at a level most humans will never reach due to the beta condition and the mind acting as an authority in your life. All right, brothers, next week I will introduce how to use sight to be in the moment, in the now, and engage with your true self in relationship. Until then, my friend, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.